Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I'm so excited to have you again today on another episode. And I am excited about my guest today, Scott Wells, and he's going to talk to us about some things that I think I know um, that has been many questions in the world today. And that is, is there a God and can we trust the Bible? And we know with all the different religions that there is out in the world today uh, and the many types of worship and different things going on, I do believe that there is a God and that we can trust the Bible. And so I wanted to bring a guest on that could share a little bit more enlightenment on this subject. And I want to tell you a little bit about Scott. Scott is an international speaker and teacher. From his youth, he had a passion for Christian apologetics. He has studied much on creation science, evolutionary science, bibliology, and how you can know the truth. He has studied and taught courses from fantastic organizations such as Answers in Genesis, Living Waters, and Creation Today. Also, the man whose work is most responsible for him going down this road is the founder of the Institute for Creation Research, Dr. Henry Mars with a PhD. So we thank you for being a part of the podcast today, Scott. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing well. I I am so glad to have you a part of the podcast today because I know this will help a lot of the listeners today, especially with so much of individuals or so many of individuals now turning away from the faith or don't know the Lord or are atheists. And so today we're answering the question, is there a God and can we trust the Bible? And I just want to start off by asking the question, how do you answer the atheist who says there is no God? Okay, great question. So I I always ask them uh, a standard question. I, I'll, I'll say something like, would you admit to me that you do not possess even 20% of all the knowledge of the universe? And of course, if they're willing to be honest and have <laughs> an honest discussion <laughs> and not just being flippant, they'll say, of course I know, you know, nobody does. And then my follow-up question is, okay, so in the 80% or greater knowledge of the universe that you are lacking, would you agree there could be the possibility to have the evidence for God? Mm-hmm. And so, again, if they are honest, they'll say, okay, I don't know everything. Maybe there's evidence out there that I don't know about. And at that point, no longer an atheist because sure there may be there might be agnostic mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. lacking knowledge but nobody has enough knowledge to say there is no god otherwise they're god because they'd have to have all the knowledge of the universe <laughs> right right <laughs> so that's that's how i 
approach talking to an atheist. And then um, from there, of course, that doesn't prove God. That just proves that nobody can say there is no God. Mm-hmm. Um, so to look at, um, you know, to, to dive into how do I know there is a God, um, I like talking about things like the anthropic principle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the mm-hmm. anthropic I principle. I had to study that. Yes, I had to study that when I was getting my master's. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's it's basically um, illustrating that the universe is fine-tuned for human existence. You know, um, the laws of logic and nature, um, if if you changed any of them just slightly mm-hmm. life could not exist mm-hmm. and, and and everything is so fine-tuned uh not just for life but for human life um it you know that's one thing we can look at uh to say yeah there there, there has to be a god out there there has to be a designer you, know, you, you don't have design like that without a designer mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you don't have laws of the universe without a lawgiver um mm-hmm. so and you know, Scott and I was thinking about that when you said that because you know I was thinking uh, when we were doing our studies it talked about if the sun was a little bit more closer to the earth we could all burn up and if it was a little bit further out or just a stat type further out we could all freeze um and some that's mm-hmm. were some of the things that um you know just looking at creation and looking at um, the universe that just really stuck out with me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, one, you mentioned the sun, and one thing that's that's pretty cool is um, not only did God provide just the right circumstances for life to exist, but He also provided a way for us to study His creation. And what I mean by that is, the moon and the sun appear the same size. You know, just from our observation. Uh, with the naked eye, they they appear the same size because, um, and that's why we can have things like a a full solar eclipse. And without that full solar eclipse ever occurring, um, we would not be able to examine the sun and understand its makeup as well as we do as when there is a a, a full solar eclipse. And so. It's kind of, you know, neat little things like that that don't necessarily um, provide for our life. Like God could have made it work with a different size moon and sun, I suppose. But he made it so that the the sun, who's 400 times further away, is also 400 times larger than the moon. So that's why they appear the same size. And that's why we can have, the you know, the the full solar eclipses from time to time. So. It's things like that that God wants us to explore and learn and understand what he created. But he never wants us to say, you know, worship the the creation. He wants us to make sure we're always worshiping the creator and he gets the glory. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And, you know, um, Scott, and I'm sure you're familiar with that, this about the law of thermodynamics, because um, we 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 studied that because we have to study apologetics and different things as well. And it talks about how, 
you know, um, the earth is constantly losing heat that we're going into. Um, the earth is constantly going into a disintegration mode. So it's like there was a beginning, but there are also signs in the earth and in the stars and the planets that there is an ending. Um, would you elaborate on that a little bit more, Scott? Sure. Um, you know, and, and that's a, actually a great indication that the universe can't be as old as they want to say it is. Because, um, for example, planets like Jupiter are still cooling off. Mm -hmm. well, why are they still cooling off if they're billions of years old? It 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 doesn't take that long <laughs> for for them to to, to cool off to uh, be a steady temperature. Um, when we're which which takes me to uh, the the age of the Earth and when evolutionary scientists want to say there's billions of years, mm -hmm. one thing that you need to look at is the limiting factors. Um, for example, I, I like to use this analogy. Um, let's say there's some ocean divers and they find the sunken ship with a treasure chest on it. They bring up the treasure chest and they see all these coins inside the treasure chest. And they want to find out, okay, when did the boat sink? Well, if these coins have dates on them from like 1507, 1525, uh, 1540, you know, whatever, uh, they know the boat didn't sink in the 1400s or it couldn't have 1500 dates on them, right? Right, right. So the boat had to sink on or after the latest coin. That is the limiting factor, right? There might be signs of a, of a boat being underwater longer, but the limiting factor is the newest coin. We mm -hmm. know it didn't sink before the newest coin was made, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's plenty of limiting factors like the fact that planets are still cooling off um, that tell us, no, it's, it's not as, as old as we, we, you know, evolutionary scientists project it to be. Mm -hmm. um, I, I live on Hawaii and they want to tell us Hawaii is uh, millions of years old, um, and yet we know the rate of um, decay, the, you know, the, from, from the ocean waves and stuff of, mm -hmm. the, of the islands is almost a half inch a year. Well, with the exception of the big island, because it's still growing thanks to volcanic activity, all of the other islands have no volcanic activity any longer. And they, if, if they have existed in their current form for millions of years, well, guess what? It only takes at most 1 million years and they would have eroded to below the sea level and, and wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. So we know the islands are not millions of years old. That's silly. Mm -hmm. All you gotta do is simple math and look at the, the rate of erosion. You know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it's it, uh, another good one. Uh, speaking of the ocean, is the salt content. Let's say um, the ocean is approximately 3.5% salt right now. Well, why is the ocean salty? The ocean is salty because of the water cycle. You know, the uh, water evaporates from the oceans, gets blown over land rains down on the land, 
and then uh, the, the rivers and the runoff take the minerals from the land into the ocean. Mm -hmm. So that water cycle causes the oceans to get saltier and saltier and saltier. It's an irreversible process. So if the oceans have been getting saltier for millions and millions of years, guess what? They would be saltier than the Dead Sea. They would be right. unlivable. <laughs> um, it only takes about 5,000 years uh, for the oceans to accumulate 3.5% salt. That's current erosion rate. So, you know, these limiting factors show us, you know, this is a, a young earth, a young universe. We we know that the dates these evolutionary scientists come up with, they just don't make sense. They are, they're not thinking about simple mathematical things that we can calculate. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I watch some of uh, some shows that I watch on um, Discovery Channel in different places. And some of the shows they talk about the, the Earth being um, billions and millions of years uh, old. Uh, and I remember also when I did my studies, they talk about carbon dating and how that even with carbon dating, all of that is not even accurate. You know, you can't even put that um, to, to scientific proof is because it's not accurate, really accurate. And so my question is, Scott, where do you think they're coming up with these numbers from? Well, <laughs> I, I heard a, a scientist and I'm I'm not quoting him. I don't remember who said it, but um, he said we we use the fossils to date the rocks, but the rocks to date the fossils more accurately. Like what? That's circular. <laughs> That's circular. Like wait, huh? <laughs> you date the you use the fossils to date the rocks, but the dot, but the rocks date the fossils more what? accurately. <laughs> I don't know. You're making my brain hurt. Right. Um, <laughs> the, um, but here's the thing. They are motivated for these long ages because evolution looks pretty silly without long ages, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and if there is no evolution, then there must be a God. Right. So um, the person who wrote the foreword to Charles Darwin's book, uh, this, this is a, a quote from him. He said, we leapt at the origin of species. That's the name of Charles Darwin's book. Uh, we leapt at the origin of species because of our sexual mores. Right. <laughs> In other words, he is admitting we want Darwin's theories to be what's the truth because we do not want a God controlling our morals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is a heart problem, not a head problem. Right, right. That is so good, Scott. That is so true. Um, it, it is a heart problem. It really is. It really is. And with that being said, you know, if, you know, and I've heard it said often, you know, if God is an all-powerful and perfect God, then, you know, why is there evil in the world? Talk to the listeners a little bit about that, Scott. Okay, great question. Um, I don't know if you saw the movie Ella Enchanted. Mm-mm. Um, it's a, I don't know, it's a, I'm not sure if it was done by Disney, but um, it's a fairy tale movie. And in this movie, um, and I, I like to use this as, a, as an illustration of why there is evil. In this movie, the fairy godmother takes this newborn baby 
and gives it a blessing or curse, depending on your point of view, that she mm -hmm. must always uh, obey. And so the whole movie is about uh, how when everybody, when whenever anybody asks her to do something, she has no choice. She has to do it. Mm. Until towards the end of the movie, she, spoiler alert, she overcomes that, you know, mm -hmm. and figures out how she can have her own free will and, and do what she wants instead of what she's being asked to do every time. Well, God could have made us that way. God mm -hmm. could have made us mind numb robots that had no ability to think for themselves and just do what he wanted mm -hmm. and we would not have evil. However, God's desire was for us to have a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have love either. You, if if we don't have free will. Um, so because God gave us the ability to not choose him, we have evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what does that make sense? Yes, it does. And and while you were talking, I was just thinking about how um, you know, I explained that. In, in sort of the same way when I talk to children or I talk to uh, young adults and sometimes, and I'll tell them, you know, um, even as a parent, would you want to love your parent because you love your parent or would you want them to make you love them, you know, and, right. you know, and, right. I, and they're like, I would rather them just love me for loving me, you know, and I'd rather my parents love me. I say it's the same way with God. He doesn't force his love upon us. He, he does not do that or else we would be robots. So I'm absolutely glad you brought exactly. that out. Yes. Yep, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so then they say, well, you know, well, he could allow it not to happen. But again, that goes back to what you said. We have free choice. Um, God created us in that way. To me, that is a loving God because he wants us to have our own individual personalities, but not forget who we serve and that we right. are his, you know. God and, is exactly mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. is all about relationships. Mm -hmm. He wants us to have relationships with, with each other. You know, he doesn't want us to be hermits. And he, he wants us gathered in churches and supporting one another. Um, right. And he wants us to have that relationship with him. That's the whole reason Jesus came to earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's to restore man back to him and to have that relationship um, that in, was stolen in, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we chose something other than God's will, uh, we broke our relationship, you know, and it, you, just like you said, we, we've had that broken relationship ever since Adam and Eve, but God provided a way from the beginning to restore that broken relationship. Um, and that's through the, 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 the perfect life of Christ who, you know, died for our mm -hmm. sins mm -hmm. you know it tells us in second corinthians 5 21 he made him jesus who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf you know so he took our sin and um all we have to do is trust in that trust in him mm -hmm. uh, we have everlasting life we have that relationship restored with god right right and no other person can do that no, no other person, but Jesus no other person Christ. ever qualified to do that. <laughs> right. 
Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, there's a lot of um, people now that I come across and even, you know, I, I remember working, um, I did teen pregnancy prevention for a while in social work. And I had an individual says, you know, um, you know, and they were in church, you know, the father was a preacher, there was a preacher's daughter, and they were talking about heaven and hell. And they was like, well, you know, there's really not a hell. And I was like, what? you know, um, and it just kind of galled me a little bit. And, you know, now most people are saying, no, we're living hell on earth now. You know, those no heaven or hell. Um, but when people die, do you believe that they will, they will go to heaven or hell? And how do you know if there is a heaven or hell? Well, Jesus spoke about hell. He spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jesus, Jesus made it very clear. And if you, if you think about it, what? You know, not only is is God love, but God is also justice. Mm-hmm. And what kind of justice would there be if he allowed um, all of us who have broken his law to go unpunished? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, there, there, there has to be justice. Can you imagine if, if you know... And, and people think, well, I'm I'm a good person, but I I, I agree there should be hell for Hitler, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 they don't understand God's standard. You know, God gave us His law. Um, you know, it tells us in Revelation that liars don't get into heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that's 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 a pretty high standard. Who has not told a lie? <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Um, God's standard isn't good. God's standard is perfection. And that's why none of us can earn our way Mm -hmm. to heaven. We all have to receive. We all have to have that relationship restored. And when we trust in Christ, we then become a child of God. We are adopted into his family. And we can then be assured of our salvation because Christ gives us his righteousness. Yes. And God no longer sees that sin, that the lies and everything else we've done. You know, who didn't take something small, even as a child? I remember um, I was five or six years old with my mom in the grocery store and I asked for a, a, a little thing of Tic Tacs. And my mom said no. And little did she know, I, I stuck it in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when we got home, I... I showed it to her. Look what I have. Ha 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 ha. And we're home now. Well, guess what she did? She took me back to the store and I had to give it back to the store manager and say I was sorry. But my point is, I stole something. Mm-hmm. We've all done probably mm-hmm. taken a pencil or pin, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've all lied. So mm-hmm. we're liars. We've right. all stolen something. So we're thieves. You know, we've all done these things that have broken god's law and jesus told us if we even look at a woman with lust we've already committed adultery mm-hmm. in our heart mm-hmm. so we all need that savior and that's what jesus is that's what you know he he provides the way he is the truth and the life yes 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 and that is so true uh, you know when you were saying that i thought about that you know i played the clarinet in a, in high school and i was like i don't have the money to pay for this clarinet and um, so they had the reeds that you had with the clarinet. And my cousin at the time, she was like, 
played it. And she said, well, just get it. So I ended up taking the clarinet, taking the read for the clarinet without paying for it. And I felt so bad after that. But we've all done things that we're not happy or pleased about. But like you said, that's the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, where he covers a multitude of sins, all of the sins that we've ever committed. I don't care how horrible of a sin that you think you have committed. There is grace and there is power under the blood of Jesus Christ to um, forgive you of those sins if you repent and you call on his name. And so when we understand that um, we don't have to be guilty anymore. We don't have to feel the shame anymore. Um, and we can know that he has accepted us back into the beloved. You know, Scott, I think about David, you know, all the sins exactly. that he committed, <laughs> you know, but God it, still called him a man after it, his own heart. Exactly. And, and you know what? I, I use that exact story. I was talking to, a, I was in the truck of a, of a tow truck driver. My vehicle had broken down. I needed a tow truck. And so I'm riding with him wherever we're taking our my vehicle, and um, I'm I'm witnessing to him, you know, and he's he's a stereotypical truck driver. He's big <laughs> and he's got tattoos and he's you know just looks like this rough and tough guy. And uh, he said, "You don't know the the sin that I've committed in my life. I I know I'm going to hell." And then I mentioned to him exactly what you just said about <laughs> King David. And I said, you know what? King David was an adulterer and murderer. Mm -hmm. And God still called him a man after his own heart because he repented. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the truck, tow truck driver got emotional. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't think there was hope for him. Mm -hmm. And there's always hope if you know um, that Jesus is there for you. And I think that's one thing because we look at ourselves and think it's so horrible, you know, the things that we have committed. But when Jesus went to that cross, he took those burdens upon himself so that we could be free. That's why we shouldn't have pride and, and, and we should be able to submit and say, I know I can't do this thing on my own, um, that it was Jesus' blood that washes away my sins. You know, I even think about um, Saul before he became Paul. He killed and persecuted so many Christians. Exactly. And exactly. yet God used him to write the majority of the New Testament. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> <laughs> and so if he could do that, um, like you said, murder, uh, you know, anything God sees and he knows that we are frail within our own human abilities. But it is the humbleness of our heart and the submission to Christ um, that causes us when we accept him to become his sons and daughters, that we can be partakers of the kingdom. And Amen. so if we realize that and understand that, then um, I think we wouldn't be so hard on ourselves, and we would just uh, repent and say, OK, Jesus, come into my heart. And I believe that's so important because the way the world is not. Um, getting better. It's getting eviler, more wickeder. We see Satanism rising uh, within Absolutely. the universe today, within the earth today. The, the um, Satan is really rising, but I believe that there's a generation of people and a generation of the people of God that are rising up to say that we will be used for the kingdom of God. We will pray, we will fast, we will seek the Lord, and we will also not only do that, but what you're doing today, Scott, and what I believe is. Um, having that firm understanding of apologetics so that we are able to defend the faith. We can't just say, um, well, I know because of my experience, that's good. And experience is good. But when you're talking with other people, you have to have that um, apologetics to be able 
to be confident, even within your ability in Christ, because he tells us to study to show ourselves approved, a workman that need not be ashamed. So not only we're we studying the scriptures, but we're also getting all of the scientific that goes together with it, that backs up that belief and backs up what the scripture says. Now, everything won't be covered, of course, um, scientifically, because there will be some things that they'll say, well, you know, it's not this or that. But the evidence that we do have is enough to lead us to the faith in Christ and give us that knowledge and understanding that there is a God if we believe. Everybody won't believe. You know, some people would just argue for the sake of arguing, Scott, and I'm sure you've come across right. those. They, they, No matter right. what you tell them, no matter how much um, evidence you give them, they'll still say, but, <laughs> you know, have you come exactly. across that? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I mentioned in the beginning, you know, if the atheist is honest, if they really want to have an honest discussion with you, you can get somewhere, but if they're just going to be flippant and and you know just argue and 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 not even be reasonable, you know they're supposed to be they claim to be the ones that are reasonable. But if they're not being reasonable, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, wipe wipe your feet off and move on. That's right. <laughs> that but, is um, so true. Um. Yeah. The, <laughs> you know the the Jesus tomb is still empty. <laughs> yes. Either his body was removed by the apostles or he rose from the dead. Well, I tell you what, if you want to know that Jesus did rise from the dead, just look at the changed lives of the apostles. When Jesus was arrested, they all fled. Peter denied knowing Jesus. And once he was crucified, they were all hidden in an upper room. These were scared mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. There were not people that were going to go over overthrow the Roman guards <laughs> and roll a three ton boulder away. Come on. Right. They, right. They, they were not... hiding for their lives. You know, Huh? they were hiding because um, oh, yeah, they were fighting for their lives. Uh, you know? Absolutely. And it wasn't until <laughs> they saw the resurrected Christ and then received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost that their lives were changed. And then they couldn't shut up. and mm -hmm. every single one of them except for john the apostle john died a martyr's death and they tried to kill john according to tradition this isn't in the scripture but according to uh, church tradition they put john in a vat of boiling oil and god protected him and then so they just banished him to the island of patmos (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um you know that you don't you don't go through those hardships uh, for a, what you know to be a lie. Right. You know, right. Nobody does that. <laughs> exactly. And especially if you're putting your life at risk, you, you just, that's just not normal, you know? Right. Right. That is so true. Well, Scott, thank you so much. Would you pray for the listeners right now? Those who may be struggling with um, their relationship with Christ or those that are listening that may be struggling with believing that there is a God, but want a better understanding of God. Would you just say a brief prayer for those that are listening right now? Absolutely. All right. Let's pray. Yes. Abba Father, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much that you are a God who loves relationships. You yes. love for us to um, have a deep personal relationship with you and um The first step, of course, in that is to trust in you. So I just pray that everybody within the sound of my voice has either trusted in you or will decide to 
trust in you. Know that they have broken God's law. Know that um, you ha- you have sent Jesus to restore that relationship. And all they have to do is trust in what he has done. Trust in Jesus and receive him as their savior and they will be saved. And I just pray for that, Lord. I, I thank you for that. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you've given us the church where we can come together and and lift up one another and yes. learn more about you. Uh, Lord, and I, I pray that we would be involved in a, in a good church home where um, we can be strengthened and, and feed off of one another. And um, Lord, I also pray that we would dig into your word yes. and not just stay uh, a, a baby Christian who is just trusted in you and but not grow, but that we would dive into your word, get plugged into church and yes. and learn more about you and desire to put you first in our lives and allow you to help us in every aspect of our life. And you will. You will forgive us of all of our wrongs and you will give us your righteousness and you will um, lift us up, Lord. And so I just pray that we would trust in that we would trust in you and and um, not only for salvation but in in helping us in all that we do in your name we pray amen 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 thank you so much scott i really truly enjoyed this and listeners i'm gonna let scott let you know um how that you guys can get more in contact with him because he has a wealth of information and just a little bit more to help you defend the faith in your apologetics. So Scott, thank you for being a part of the podcast today, but would you let listeners know how they may contact you? Sure. Um, they can write me and I uh, don't have staff that answers my email. You can, you can <laughs> send me an email. I'll, I'll actually be the one to read it. And that's uh, Scott at, defendingthetruth.net so scott with two t's at and then defending the truth all one word dot net um and if you want if this is something that is um really interesting to you and you would like to uh, learn more i would encourage you to get my book called got faith uh it's on amazon and uh you can you can do the digital download for just 2.99 or you can uh get the uh the paperback um and uh that book uh covers pretty much everything we've talked about and more so if this is a topic that is interesting to you uh then maybe the got faith uh book would be helpful and it's a workbook it's designed uh for you to be able to work on it on your own or in small groups Awesome, awesome. And listeners, this, the download, like Scott said, is only $2.99. So why not go and download it or even get the hard copy so that you're able to have more knowledge and able to defend the faith and to be able to be assured in the clues of creation that God has placed there for us in order to represent him uh, to the best of our abilities as the Holy Spirit leads. And so, Scott, thank you again for being a part today. <laughs> Absolutely. This was fun. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, it was. And so listeners, go go and check out Scott. And we will also have his information uh, on the website and in the show notes so that you can go and just click on and be able to go exactly to where he is. Uh, and until next time, 
God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.